Welcome to Liberty Station. I'm Bryce Eddy, and uh, I'm in uh, as a solo host while Rob McCoy is running around the country trying to save the republic and uh, doing the Lord's work, getting uh, getting churches to awaken to what's happening in our culture now, and you know, getting people to stand up. Um, with me today, um, we've got a super somber subject, but I, I've got a true warrior for the pro-life movement and um, a real guerrilla warrior um, <laughs> using some amazing tactics. And uh, and with me today uh, is A.J. Hurley, who uh, you are the director of Survivors of the Abortion Holocaust. I am. And um, you have been famous in our circles, infamous in other circles <laughs> recently for um, your work uh, in you know gathering um, some aborted fetuses or mm-hmm. babies that uh, were partial birth and uh, or even post-birth aborted. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, you know, with that, you know, we got you on here to tell your story. Um, you and I just broke out for a little while because we're both jujitsu guys. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. uh, and I saw that in your profile this <laughs> yeah. morning and I was like, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. On. <laughs> so your ears are a dead giveaway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I saw you when you walked in, you're like, Yep. Where do you train? Where do you train? What's my wife in the early days was like, how do they always know? Yeah. Because yeah. for 26 years, yeah. my ears aren't too bad. Yeah. Uh, no, no, not compared to yeah. most, most guys. Yeah, yeah. Been well, I don't lead with my head you. and I don't grind yeah. that much. And plus, I think there's some guys that, you know, you touch their ear and it's like, yeah, you know, exactly. and mine are, you know, mine yeah. are pretty hardy. Yeah. They take I've, abuse. I have some friends like the first week. Uh, they're of uh, being a white belt. They already have yeah. massive cauliflower ears. It's yeah. just like, and now you're yeah. a, you're a purple belt now, purple right? Belt, Which yeah. is just for the people who don't know jujitsu, yeah. you know, there's five belts. It's uh, white, blue, purple, brown, black, and purple is like, that means you're, you're serious. That means you've arrived. <laughs> yeah. That means you can hang with just about anybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, because most people never make it past white. Yeah. A good measure of them make it to blue, and then kind of like, oh, okay, and then peter out. But yeah. if but if you're if you're at purple, you're a lifer, man. This is about yeah. this is about what you like to do. And so. for people who don't know, the jujitsu world is pretty small. So like, we already have a bunch of mutual friends yep. that we already know. Shout out yeah, to so, David uh, Dunn. But so, yeah. so now now we'll take it from you yeah. know the the high of jujitsu <laughs> and the fun down into. Yeah you know, baby babies and all that stuff. But, uh, so man, tell me your story. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are aware of, you know, the, the, you know, DC babies and some of that, Yeah. but, um, but tell me how you arrived to all this stuff. And then, you know, uh, the thing that I'm most excited to talk about, um, uh, and expose really, uh, Mm -hmm. because it needs to be exposed is there's this whole crazy industry beyond this, you know, providing choice and, uh, you know, providing abortions. I mean, it is a big, big industry and it is a vile and disgusting thing. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, my name is AJ. I I grew up in a little town called Upland, California, um, born and raised there. I went to the master's university, not too far from here. My my girls, we had Grant, uh, professor Grant Horner on the other day. Grant is my, uh, my favorite professor there. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You're you're not alone in that. So I was in his son, Seth's wedding. So yeah, oh, Seth okay, and fantastic. I are really, well, really good friends. I got introduced to him because he showed up at my Christmas party because his brother-in-law and family, the Gans family, um, said, "Hey, uh, is it cool? You know, because we we had them out and all of our girls play violin together. Oh yeah, okay. And our girls are considering my my two oldest. I've got three daughters, uh, eighteen, seventeen, and and uh, thirteen. And my oldest two are graduating at the same time. They're homeschooled yeah. and. and uh, 
they're graduating right now and, and considering masters and mm. their music program and all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so we, uh, so I get this call from, from, um, Justin Gans, shout out to Justin. Uh, I know he watches. Um, yeah. and, and he said, Hey, is it uh, okay if I bring my uh, brother-in-law? And I'm like, yeah, the more the merrier our house, you know, f- fits a, you know, fits a good pile. And you know, this is on Christmas day and it was, and it was Grant and oh, nice. his wife and, uh, you know, Joanne's amazing. Yeah. And then, uh, and then it was also uh, his son and his okay. family, yeah. and so Probably yeah, Josiah, yeah, yeah, Josiah, yeah. yeah. And so now I, you know, we're uh, we're like, you know, yeah, best of friends. That's man. awesome. That's so, awesome. Yeah. He's a he's a good guy. Brilliant, brilliant mind. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And for those of you who haven't Milton seen Scholar, um, yeah. that uh, um, uh, podcast that we did with him, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah, so um, went to masters, graduated there. Actually, studied music and uh, biology at masters. Oh, um, cool. And so after masters, I I um, went to respiratory therapy school. I was an EMT before that, so I've been in medical field for roughly around twenty years. Um, and I was a, a respiratory therapist, uh, spe- uh, trained specially with like uh, peds and pediatrics. So. Okay. Um, I worked at UCLA for seven years until I got uh, let go for not uh, uh, complying with the mass, uh, sorry, the um, vaccine mandate. Yeah. Um, and showing them my papers. So, um, and um, during that time, so I always kind of like to say that my interest in the pro life movement really, I mean, started when I was young, but really developed when I was at at uh, UCLA because I was seeing this huge discrepancy between the babies that we're putting on ventilators in the NICU at, you know, 21, 22, 23, 24 weeks. And the ones that are being systematically dismembered and disemboweled right across the way at the same ages, um, you know, and really there's no difference between the two other than a mere fiat decision of another person as to who is intrinsically valuable and who isn't. That's, that's why the argument on viability is incoherent. Totally. Because, you know, that's a moving target. There's no, um, there's no coherent argument on the other side as to when life begins. Mm -hmm. Right. And somebody, you know, wrote on Twitter and I saw the thread where the, the guy basically said, um, you know, hey, it's a it's a um, a debate as to when yeah. life begins, mm-hmm. and uh, and he followed up by, well, you know, the Muslims think it's 120 mm-hmm. days, and the you know Jews, and you know he like lists all these cultures yeah. that are like, okay, this is when life begins. Yeah. And I said, and I told, basically said something like, rubbish. The yeah. only debate everybody knows intrinsically when life begins. Absolutely. The only debate is when do we assign it value. Mm-hmm. And their assigning of value is this moving arbitrary target Absolutely. based on, you know, their own convenience or, you know, making a, um, you know, making a decision. Uh, for sure. You know, for this for, personhood. Yeah. This philosophical term that we like to attribute value to. Right. So like, I, I love Seth on this topic because he's like, he, he hits hard. He, oh my gosh. He, you know, his, and he helped me so much to realize that. Um, Seth we, Gruber, by the way, yeah. that, uh, you know, I know so most people know we can't is, yeah. dis- we can't separate human value with human function, right? right. So um, we all have different functional capabilities. Yeah. You know, uh, we all have different abilities. We all have different. Um, so so 
this country used to ascribe, because you couldn't deny personhood to black people. I'm sorry, you couldn't deny humanity to black people. Right. But so they ascribed personhood only to select individuals based on the melanin content of your skin. Yeah. And so now today we're much more sophisticated and, you know, we, we describe personhood to uh, your location or your level of development, you know, or the functional capabilities that you uh, acquire. And so instead of what we all um, possess equally, which is a human nature. And so uh, from any stage of development, from, you know, conception to natural death, we all possess humanity and living humanity. Therefore, we all have equal moral value Um, and no one can, you know, eliminate us just based by any arbitrary factors of their choosing. And so that's what the hu- this huge issue with abortion is. And of course, it's just, it's already bigotry. They already don't want, um, you know, f- the eugenics movement, everything yeah, that's been Margaret Sanger, all yeah. that, yeah. And so, um, you know, they already wanted to rid this class of humans. And so they, f- they find an arbitrary means to ascribe personhood only to those who don't possess these type of qualities. So, yeah. And they, they talk about the favor that they're doing to the poor yeah, is yeah. the way that they actually phrase yeah. it. How dare you force these people yeah. into poverty yeah. is what it is. Yeah. And so let's see, you know, let's see kill how many of them kids. we could kill yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. instead. Yep. Exactly. Um, and my response is, you know, I grew up kind of poor. I'm yeah. glad I was able to right. you know, get a fair shake. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I, um, my wife and I, we, we, we're just overwhelmed, I guess, with this topic. And we're just like, this is just so wrong. And every aspect of this is, this is our, you know, gladiator games, you know, it's like, we look back at the gladiator, like how could they kill each other for sport? You know, yeah. like it, this, this cultural blind spot that they had, then how could they do this? How could they practice these type of things or, or slavery or, or, you know, um, what happened in Germany, Nazi Germany. And we, we, we look back at these, these times of, of human history and we're like, this is our time. This is our subject. There is nothing more diabolical and just ev- just pl- flat out evil than the the crime of abortion and i want to live in such a way as to you know live outside of that milieu that is just this this spell that has come over america to think that this is somehow not only morally permissible but uh but a a human good for society. It's, it's so anyway, so we, we became so overwhelmed. We just started going down to the abortion clinic in West Hollywood here. Um, it was the closest one to our house, the Planned Parenthood. We started going down there and we were the only people there. And, um, I made the mistake of trying to get the church involved around my area and the, reached out to the pastors I knew and just radio silence. That, just, that, that one blows me yeah, away. Like yeah. I couldn't understand. Well, okay, let me back up. To my shame, I was probably more in that camp at yeah. one time. And by that, I mean understanding that it goes on, thinking it's terrible, yeah. being pro-life, but sort of ignoring it. Yep. And, and not and not sounding the alarm bells and going wait a second here right. we got to stop this and uh, um, you know here even locally um, 
there were churches that the local um, crisis pregnancy centers, or I think they call it something else. Yeah, now. I, yeah. I, I prefer that term, but yeah. um, uh, community pregnancy centers, yeah. I think, is what they call themselves now. But pregnancy um, resource centers, yeah, or, something. Yeah. But but anyway, they were just trying to put a display, you know, and and have like during the you know pro life week, yeah, um, you know, and and so many churches were telling them to pound sand, yeah, and oh, and totally. that that woke me up to, um, you know, how complicit the yep. church is oh, in ignoring this issue. Absolutely. So <clears throat> my they wanted nothing to do with this, and I think a, a lot of it has to do with a few factors, but, but I, I became very, um, quickly aware of the lack of concern with this and just the lack of desire to, to really be a voice for the unborn. Um, I think there's a number of reasons for that, but I was just, I found out that this is not a new issue. Mm -hmm. And, um, in fact, um, even the, the own, institution that I came out of in masters, very good, good people, very good pastors, uh, have persecuted people who, who were consistently trying to fight this. So yeah. operation rescue in the eighties, uh, was a movement of people that were, were basically interposing themselves on behalf of their unborn preborn neighbors and and blocking abortion clinics and, and stand up and saying like, if we believe what's in the womb is equally human as my child, as the child down the street, you know, and if that child fell into a pool next door, would you not jump over your neighbor's fence and go on his property and pull and pull that child out? And so it's like, if abortion is murder, you know, so they risked their safety. They risked it. So I, I became aware of this movement and the persecution of the church in the eighties in reference to, uh, operation rescue. And I was like, man, I need to use this as a springboard to talk about this topic. Uh, because if anything else is could, if time is, you know, right. It's with the pandemic and with everything, people are waking up. We need to hit hard this false dichotomy between my morals, um, my Christianity that I, I, I privately live, right. And the one that I live out in public. And so just, we've been, we've been centered in, and just inundated with pietism. And, um, I think that, Bad eschatology, pietism, just a, a lack of concern with love for neighbor is really what it comes down to. But for some reason, we're not making those connections. Yeah. So I, I dove de- in deep um, and got to know some of these people. And then one of the guys who I got to know, who was the, his name was Jeff White, the um, one of the leaders of Operation Rescue, mm-hmm. uh, was is the director, executive director of Survivors. So then he and I became a friendship friends. And then basically I started working for survivors. And then after I lost my job, here I am. And now I'm the director. So, amen. Yeah. Amen. So that's, uh, that's my, a little bit of my history of what brought me into this movement and everything. But, um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild ride. I've been the full, full-time, uh, director of survivors now for about six months. So, wow. So now let's talk about DC. Yeah, DC. That so I um, got to know some really good people. It's it's interesting because a lot of them 
um, are not, we don't share the same, any political religious, religious perspectives at, at all. Um, but some of my friends, Teresa, um, Pekovanak, she runs this progressive anti-abortion uprising group and they are total, they're atheists, they're leftists, but they're vegan. And through their veganism, we're like, Hey, if we don't want to kill animals, we have to be pro-life. And so through their veganism have like, they're some of the most intense pro-life voices in the movement at, at this. I mean, the amount of courage that these girls have is unbelievable. So, um, you know, strange bedfellows. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so, and I, I like to use, you know, um, Francis Schaefer, he used to talk about co-belligerence and Mm -hmm. he's like, you know, when your water main breaks out in front of, in front of your, um, street, you don't really necessarily ask the denominational, uh, backgrounds of people who want to come fix it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm not obviously going to have them pray at my church or, which which I'm down with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think we need to, we need to do that. Anybody who recognizes, you know, that this issue, okay, let's, you know, let's fight it together. Yeah. And, you know, after we succeed, we can work out our other differences. Amen. Amen. And so, um, you know, we, we fight on a whole host of, and you know, we're enemies on an, on, and I, it's very clear. It's like, you know, on, on everything else, like we don't agree. Well, but, it's two religions uh, yeah, colliding. Exactly. Veganism is yeah. their, their general worldview, you know, which is, which is For interesting sure. by the way, because you know, the church has stayed out of a lot of this stuff because yeah. it's like, okay, we're going to keep our religion private. And you know, and there's all these movements uh, um, on the left of like, you know, keep your religion to yourself. And yet they don't. Yep. Oh, because no. it's just the same kind of religious cult that's motivating, um, you know, this sort of pro-death, pro-abortion movement. Yeah. And a lot of the other things that are, an, you know, animating them, environmentalism yeah. and, you know, all of For those sure. things are, are um, you know, religious basis. And they don't leave that yeah. into their own little private sphere. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, so it's absurd that they suggest that, you know, a Christian worldview has to be kept, you know, yeah. to the side. I love, uh, uh, there's a guy named R.J. Rush Dooney who you should uh, yeah. uh, talk about this. And, yeah. and he would say it's, there's certain things that are inescapable. He called it an inescapable construct. Uh, or concept. And he would talk about, you know, it's, there's certain questions. It's, it's not whether, but which, and in terms of morality, it's not whether morality will, will govern society. It's whose morality will govern society. It's not whether God will govern. Yep. It's whose God will govern society. And right now we have a God who is so demonically bloodthirsty that he requires almost 3,000 children a day. And that's the God of progress. That's the God of who's, who is, is the demos who's running this system, um, of democracy. Right. And, and so if you don't have Christ, you have chaos. And if Christ doesn't rule society, it will devolve into eventual tyranny and bloodshed. Like we have never known. Yeah. And there, and there's no compromise with these folks. And I, um, you know, been saying that recently and thinking through because, you know, the people who believe that, um, you know, we should be, you know, killing our babies. And of course, you know, most of them, uh, fundamentally the ones that are uh, really pushing this stuff 
don't don't have any kind of parameters for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You saw that here in California when they're trying to pass a bill that essentially allow it, you know, after yeah, birth. Totally. Right? Yeah. You know, so they, they they there's no compromise with them. There's they're no not compromise. even consistent with their own yeah. their own. Yeah, there's no compromising um, with uh, you know folks that believe that there's 72 genders. Yeah. You know, there's there's no compromising yeah. with that group. You know, and so we have to win. And you know, there's I think many avenues for us to you know fight for these sure. battles. And you know, we shouldn't be you know shooting doctors outside of no, abortion of course, clinics. Yeah. And, no. and you know, we shouldn't be you yeah. know um, violent in our opposition to these yep. things. And you know, we don't advocate that, Amen. of course. You yep. know. Um, Amen. But but we do have to fight, and we have to fight hard. Yeah, and um, I think why it's so great that pastors like Rob yeah. McCoy are Amen. are getting involved is because, you know, biology can tell you when life begins, but it can't tell you when why life is valuable. Right, right. That's a moral and theological, philosophical question. Right. And so when we have a society that's rejected God, rejected his rule, we don't have an objective basis to call anything objectively morally evil left to this humanistic set. So if if God doesn't rule society, right, then morality is a societal construct, right? So if, if God does, if there is no objective moral ought, then moral oughts come from the government. If moral oughts come from the government, we have no objective basis to call anything Paul Pot did any wrong, anything Mao did as wrong, anything Hitler or Stalin did. The bloodthirsty tyrants of, of who which we in our humanistic, secular, progressive elites want to want to categorically deny. They don't have the objective basis, on the other hand, to call anything they did wrong because might equals right. Yeah. You know, because they've objected the objective, they've rejected the objective um, standard of, of scripture about which we can base human morality off of. So I know that that's a trail, a little bit of a trail, but back to all right. <laughs> DC. Um, There's no rules. Man, yeah, no, we're. we're um, I um, get me on my soapbox there I for love a second. It. I yeah. love it. No, yeah. amen. So, um, DC. So, I got to know some really good friends that become just total dear friends. I love these people um, at PAL. And um, so, Teresa used to live in San Francisco, and we work to expose the fetal organ harvesting stuff that's going on there. Uh, and I know we want to get into that. Yeah. But um, she ended up moving to DC. And doing sidewalk counseling and, and opening POW and doing her thing out in DC. We become friends. We uh, did like a little West Coast tour together, um, exposing all the fetal trafficking locations. And um, then I went to work with some other people in DC, I'm sorry, in New York. Um, uh, couple groups created equal and, uh, my friend Don Blythe and a lot of people, we were in New York. We we're actually working at plan, uh, Planned Parenthood in, in greater New York there, the Margaret Sanger Planned Parenthood. So I get a phone call from my friend, Teresa and Lauren, just frantic, like AJ, we need you here right now. Where are you? I'm like, what the heck is going on? He, she's like, I'll explain it to you. Like, just like 
we found this box of children outside the abortion clinic. We need you here now. And so um, we hopped on a train from New York to uh, D.C. We're there in four and a half hours. And I say this, but nothing could prepare us for what we are going to experience. Like, so my, my, two of my friends go every day to the abortion clinic to give resources and advocacy to, to women to curtail, you know, the underlining issues that are, that are, um, causing women to, you know, uh, to abort their babies and providing resources, providing help. And, um, they've saved hundreds of children. So, uh, they're out in front And if you do this long enough, you know that mothers go into the clinic and babies eventually come out in one way or another, right? So this truck from a company called Curtis Bay Energy uh, pulls up and the driver of this truck goes inside and starts unloading boxes. And he apparently had no clue what was inside those boxes. So they tell him and say, hey, do you, you know that what's in those boxes are um, aborted babies from this abortion clinic right here? And he's visibly upset. He's visibly disturbed and just totally shocked. He's frantically going through his paperwork. He's saying, oh my gosh, this is an abortion clinic. Um, he's upset. And they, they ask him and just say, hey, is there, you know, can we give these children a proper burial wow. in, a, in an, uh, a funeral? And so, um, he's like, I scan the boxes in, I'm not looking. So they take a box, they bring it back to us, a place of safety. And inside this box, brother is 115 aborted children, 110 of which were first trimester and five of which were late-term, almost full-term children. And of those five children, at least four of them had evidence of violations of the Born Alive Infant Protection Act and partial birth abortion. We know it goes on. Oh, we know it goes on. Yeah. Um, Yeah, wow. We know it goes on, but this, for the first time, because we don't, you know, we, we... Everything happens in secret. Everything happens under the cover of closed doors. So this really, and God in his sovereignty and providence, allowed us really to peel back a layer or curtain into look into what happens in a late-term abortion clinic. And just tragic, tragic, but unbelievable blessings have come out of it because Brother, I I have people all the time even doubt this happens that that yeah. you know, let alone this far along, let alone I mean, f- this big, these babies I held in my hands, this big, yeah. full term, 34, 35 week old children. Yeah. And and for those of you that you know want to see those pictures, they yeah. they're available. You can you know. Get, get to them pretty quickly with an internet search. Um, fair warning, it's it's hard to look at. It's something that you can't unsee. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those of you that don't think that this happens or yeah. don't think it's a big deal or don't understand the violence mm-hmm. um, that's involved in abortions, yeah. um, 
go take a look. And that's one of three uh, late-term abortion clinics in D.C. within a five-mile radius of where we were. So, um, yeah, this happens every single day in this country, and abortion is the most unregulated medical industry there is. We found out not only can you abort to the day of birth in D.C., bro, you don't even have to be a medical, you don't even have to hold a medical license in order to perform abortions. In well, DC. it doesn't surprise me. I mean, you know, DC is a, um, if you've spent any time there, um, it has a dark and disturbing, oh, yeah. dystopian feeling to mm-hmm. it. Um, if you are, especially if you're spiritually sensitive, you can, mm-hmm. you can see the darkness there. Yeah. And I've, and I've been told that by, um, uh, you know, congressmen and you know other people that work yeah. you know on the hill and yeah. um that that it uh it has that feeling so For you know sure. it, it it's a you know the seed of amazing amount of corruption yeah. and an amazing amount of just absolute evil absolutely so i don't want to talk too much but but we you know so kind of tell me where you want to go with this but we basically had a kind of a tough task on our hands at this point right we have to uh, we took pictures of all these children because we didn't want DC is so corrupt. Like you're saying that, you know, we, the chances of getting justice for these children. Yeah. Um, and so we took video and photos of all these children. My wife and I held these children while we, we took videos and photos of these, and then we delivered them over to uh, DCPD and, Muriel Bowser got involved. Um, the DC police and medical examiner. Yeah, she's got involved. the mayor. So yeah. People don't know. And yeah. so they are, have adamantly for the last two months now refused an autopsy and yeah. refused an open investigation. Yeah. They're not going to, they're not going to do anything. No. no. Um, yeah. Cause that would, that would expose, yeah. you know, too much of, of what really is going on and they don't care. Yeah. They don't care. And the, despite the fact that we have now over a hundred members of Congress calling for an autopsy and an open investigation. Yeah. So uh, it was huge news for, a few weeks and, and then it's just business back as normal, you know, yeah. as usual for, for most of America. But, um, these really are these five children. We named them all Holly on hell, Phoenix, Christopher X and Harriet. Um, Harriet had, was the overwhelming evidence of partial birth abortion. The back of her skull was snipped Ugh. and, and her brains suctioned out. Um, one of uh, Phoenix was still in call. It's called an in call delivery, where the 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 baby was still in its amniotic sac, fully intact. So, how in the world do you abort a child without having it come out alive? With you know, because normally what you could make the argument that they just clamp the the cord. But how do you get around a child without perforating the amniotic sac to clamp a cord in order for it to die before it comes out? So this child is most likely induced into labor. The child comes out full and intact in the amniotic sac. They cut the cord and it just left. It was per the, the uh, Phoenix was totally blue and purple just because it's suffocated in the amniotic sac. This, these five babies are the faces of the faceless millions of unborn, pre-born uh, um, 
members of the human family that, that are murdered every single year, you know, in this, in this country. Um, and it has to stop. I, I, when I saw these babies, um, the first thing that came into my, my head in my mind was I, it was the words, I will never ever be the same. Um, well, listen, I saw the pictures and I'll never be the same. Yeah. You know, so I can I can only imagine, and you know, man, praise God for you because that that's tough and. Ugh. It's been uh, it's, it's hard been for a me crazy to do, talk about it at all. Yeah, I'm crawling in my skin here. I'm so mad too. Yeah, I mean, in God's been super faithful to us, you know, but it's just crazy. I mean, we saw this with Delighton. We saw this now with this. It's like when when you expose stuff like this. The only people that ever suffer are the people that expose it. Yeah. Yeah. So. None of the criminals that are doing it. None no. of the murderers that are no. uh, that are engaging in these practices. For sure. And the and the churches, by and large, um, you know, are silent. I mean, this is the kind of thing that you know that getting out. Um, every church should have been up in arms. Every pastor yeah. should be talking to their congregation about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know some of it, I think, is tough. I, I had a, because um, I, I believe that there are a, a lot of people in the Christian churches who have had secret abortions. Oh, for sure. Or paid for mm-hmm. abortions. Yep. Or, you know, been, been complicit in this horror. There's a lot of it. Um, I, I had years ago, and, I, and, I'm, and this always, um, this, this was a good reminder to me. So I was engaging in some pretty vocal and intense debate with someone that I, I was associated with through work. And um, she, it occurred to me as she was getting so, you know, because mm. I, I said, you know, I'm pro-life and I yeah. you know, think it's horrible and it's pro-abortion. It quit calling it pro-choice. Mm-hmm. It's a euphemism, yeah. you yeah. know. And, uh, and I kind of called her on it and she got so angry mm-hmm. and I could see just this yep. hate, uh, you know coming and and uh at that moment and i think it was the holy spirit is like okay yeah she's she's had one so and so i stopped dead cold and i just said listen i said god can forgive you and boom tears burst out of her eyes wow and uh man it still chokes me up because i saw the pain bro oh absolutely and there's a lot of people that are affected like that yeah that need to know that they can be forgiven what a demonic and diabolical industry that that has done this not only to these children but sold a bill of goods to women as if they can't succeed and they can't that this is the only type of progress that they can get as women in independence and freedom and liberation is to stand on the heap pile of murdered children and and they will tell them that it's easy it's just a simple medical procedure i mean they will they will lie to them and sell them on yeah come on in it's no big deal yeah um and they don't 
they don't prepare them yeah. for the uh, the guilt mm-hmm. um, and 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 those girls in order to get past that what they have to do to sear their consciences yeah, totally because there they, you know there is something that they have as a connection there that God imbued in them for sure um, and and they're not told that 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 will cause such destruction to their soul yeah I mean you look at the statistics on it right and it um, like seven times more likely a woman, a post-abortive woman is seven times more likely to commit suicide. Yeah. I mean, and you, and this is touted as, as pro woman. And if you are, you know, if you're pro life, you're not pro woman, you're, you know, you're pro birth, you're not pro and you're not pro birth. And, and all these just horrible, demonic, despicable lies in when every single pro life person and organization I know, When's the next, like, and I, and this is just illustrates the point is the next time you want to really know if the, you know, who's pro woman and pro family and pro, um, choice go into a Planned Parenthood or, um, an independent abortion clinic and ask for diapers, ask Ask for rent assistance. Ask for. Um, they are deceitful, cribs. horrific yeah. lawyers. When yeah. it comes, um, lawyers, liars, yeah. liars, when it, yeah. and they have lawyers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, when it when it comes to their other services, yeah. like family planning. Services. Yeah. So it's just, well, listen, we're just a sure. family planning yeah. business. But the pro life movement has. I have watched over the last few years involved this just hundreds of thousands of dollars being poured out into the lives of these women who were at, at a risk for abortion. Yeah. These women who choose life, their entire lives have been changed by the pro-life movement and people coming alongside of them, the church coming alongside of them, giving them resources, giving yeah. them, I mean, we said, I, we, I personally covered yeah. some budget shortfalls oh, for you know, crisis pregnancy yeah. centers, rent and, you know, bills, yeah. uh, you know, um, uh, utility bills, you know, getting them connected with jobs, getting yeah. them off the street, getting yeah, them we, off of drugs, we into helped, rehab. We helped to buy a, um, you yeah. know, a, what is it? The machine, um, I'm drawing a blank. The uh, like pump ultrasound. Or? Oh, ultrasound. Uh, yeah. yeah, ultrasound. Sorry, machine. My yeah. brain went blank there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, we've we've given you know so as much. a pro life you know pro life movement has given anything and everything they can, and yeah. the lies that are being told right now. If you were to you know go online, I'm sure you see all this stuff on social mm-hmm. media. You know what? Oh, the Republicans and all that stuff, which yeah. I'm not a fan of the Republicans. But you know the the Republicans, the conservatives, you know all them. They they just care about yeah. the baby before it's born, not yeah. after it's born, and all stuff. What a which is wicked a lie, terrible yeah, lie. Totally. And uh, and the, uh, the there's funny, and I think it was um, maybe Matt Walsh or you yeah. know others uh, where someone had said they don't care afterwards. And you know, fine, if you're going to be so pro life, then you need to make sure that the men have to take care of these yeah. kids. And I think yeah. it's Matt Walsh is like, okay, Hey, we're, Great. we're game. All right, awesome. let's, let's yeah, talk about let's this. Do let's do this. We're yeah. down for right? that. Yeah. Cause it's absolutely true. You know, yeah. um, men who are impregnating, absolutely. you know, these women need yeah. to need to bear for sure the same responsibility. Yeah. Um, because they, that, you know, they need to totally 
take care of those women. They need to take care of those yeah. babies. And, and I'd be down with with some absolutely. pretty serious laws on that. Some for serious sure. penalties for abandoning your duty. Absolutely, hundred percent. No, that's it's, it's got to be equal justice, right? And, yep. and if if there's all this talk about you know oh prosecuting women and have abortions, everything, it's like you don't prosecute a gender, you prosecute yeah. an action. Yeah. And that and that's that right. could be the the father who takes his his uh the, that yeah. that it, it coerces his wife into that or the, the sex trafficker guy that uh, yeah. coerces his mistress yes. or you yeah. know because there's there's so much evil yeah. surrounding these Absolutely. things and the yeah. sex trafficker who is who, yeah. who is who is you know coercing these women against their will to involve them. I mean so you know anyway so that's uh that's a whole nother topic I don't want to yeah. delve well, down into that um, what I do want to delve into is people don't realize what an industry this yes. is now not just the providing of the actual abortions themselves yeah. but the organs mm -hmm. the uh, tissues the yep. can you talk about that because sure. that's what the, but more people need their their minds to be open there's a reason yeah. that there's such pushback on this stuff yep um, so <clears throat> people don't realize companies like Planned Parenthood or independent companies are, they're being funded in <clears throat> several different ways. So we obviously federally subsidize abortion, right? So these, these in the, in terms of giving millions of dollars to uh, taxpayer money to Planned Parenthood to exist, right? So <clears throat> they're getting money on the front end just from federal tax subsidies where they're getting money f from the abortions that they charge these women for. They're getting the private funding of donations of people, um, some of which are some of the largest donors of people yeah. uh, like Packard Bell and... Um, yeah, big, and big corporate oligarchs. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah. Um, who's another guy is... Um, what's his name? Um blanking on his name right now it's uh the uh who's that big tycoon um geez oh well I'll, it'll come to me but yeah. um and then they're getting money on the back end from um selling the organs of these children and the stem cells the um fibroblasts from from uh, ivf or to medical institutions like UCSF research facilities <clears throat> um, for the organs of these children after abortion. So, um, so Planned Parenthood's getting money in all those following ways. Um, Warren Buffett is oh, the guy. Man. So huge. He gave uh, over $200 million to abortion last year. Wow. Um, but um, so <clears throat> this whole area of this fetal organ trafficking uh, in, I call it the unholy trinity is how I usually like to explain this. But <clears throat> your taxpayer dollars are getting um, going to the NIH in a sp specific division of the NIH called the NAID office. I don't know if that rings a bell. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Tony Fauci is yeah. involved in everything. You're right. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so <clears throat> this year alone, $87 million of federal, your and I taxpayer money is just solely going to fetal organ trafficking research. 
fetal organ research, $87 million of taxpayer money this year alone. So <clears throat> research institutions like UCSF, like, you know, um, the University of Washington, they apply, apply for your and I taxpayer dollars. They apply for these research grants. So the federal, federal um, <clears throat> NIH will give your taxpayer money to these research facilities that are involving fetal organs. Then these research facilities are then taking your taxpayer dollars that they're getting from the NIH, and then they are kicking those back to independent uh, uh, abortion clinics or Planned Parenthood for the fetal organs of the children that they acquire from these abortions. Mm. So then these diabolical, they're middlemen companies, some of which like STEM Express, ABR, that are take their they actually uh, have business in in trafficking these children. So they go to these facilities and they acquire all the organs, they process these organs, and then they deliver them to the research facility. So <clears throat> there's a few uh, there's a specifically one there's a few people that we work with, but one is uh, Pro-Life San Francisco is another uh, organization that we've been working with to try to expose survivors has been working with to expose this process of this diabolical unholy Trinity that I like to explain of, of fetal baby organs. So how we know this is happening is we have subpoenaed through uh, freedom of information act requests the um, contracts, the documents, um, we the, the ABR, that middleman company, we got actual fetal or, uh, fetal organ pricing sheet and how much they're trap uh, they're how much charging per fetal organ specimen just to uh, process these organs and deliver them over to these company or to these uh, research facilities. We also know it's happening because of the public records of these actual. Um, research contracts. So each research contract spells out exactly the organs that they need, the gestational ages of the children of those organs, and how they're acquired and where they're coming from. So this is all a matter of uh, public record. It is it's not some conspiracy theory thing going on. This started with the 2015 David Delighton videos. Yeah, he yeah. Well, I mean, we got him on tape yes, talking about exactly. this. Yes, exactly. And yeah. so, um, so this happens at UCSF. We've been just really going after to try to expose what's happening here. But the most barbaric ask, and I don't want to talk too much. So stop me if, or, uh, no, if you know, you're, you're the guest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the, uh, hear me. the most barbaric aspect of this is the fact that in order to acquire these organs, you have to understand. So when you, when you understand how these late gestational age children, so like one contract, this is a, a example I, li- I like to use to illustrate what's happening. So with the, um, with, the uh, vaccine stuff, we, uh, we, we heard about, uh, humanized mice. I don't know if you heard that term. So, um, yeah, is, is that where they're putting the, like 
scalps on the back of these. That's that's rats part of it. But right. um, so that for a while, and this is a perfect illustrative like analogy because coming out. So one contract out of UCSF was calling for the thymuses of eighteen to twenty four week old gestational age children. So they found out that these thymuses were the perfect um, size, 18, 20, 24 week old babies to, they could graft these on to lab rats. We have pictures online. If you go to survivors.la, we have the actual contract, the, the pictures, all the public records. Um, they were grafting these onto lab rats because they found that if you could put this thymus gland or livers onto these these lab rats, then you, you could give them a humanized immune system and then test all of your disease processes, your pharmaceutical drugs, all these things on these, these lab rats. And they behaved exactly like a humanized immune system. So, but the problem is among others, the way that these are acquired. So a second trimester abortion, you have to, um, do a labor induction, right? So there's only a few ways you can abort children, either the pill, right? That's usually first trimester. You have a, a labor induction, a DNE or a DNC. A DNE is another second trimester um, way to abor- abort children, but you, you're cutting up the baby. It, all the organs are rendered useless, right? Um, so typically what they'll do is they... Um, will induce labor and deliver these children out whole and intact in order for the most pristine and unadulterated. This is actually the adjectives that they use. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, on the, uh, David Delighton videos, you know, they're like, yeah, you tell us how you, what you want and we'll make sure that we do it in a way to get exactly. And so, um, can't believe we only have five minutes left. We can, we can, we can keep going. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, We can run over. We can do two, brother. (laughs) Um, So here's the most horribly demonic aspect of this, right? As if abortion wasn't horrible enough. So normally, when you understand how this process works, in a a labor induction abortion, what happens is they they will put um, something called laminaria in, in the cervix the day before in order to dilate. It's like a big sponge that dilate the, the cervix. And then they take a large needle and go in through um, the stomach into the, into the amniotic sac, into the child, and they give a, 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 a euthanized drug called digoxin to kill the baby. It stops the baby's heart. This usually happens the day before they induce labor and have the abortion, right? Well... If you are trying to fill research quotas for um, these contracts, you can't deliver this euthanized drug to these babies because it'll fry all the stem cells and the tissue will be useless. So we know for a fact that they are withholding digoxin at places like UCSF. And these babies are coming out just alive up to half of the time. The reason why we know that is because if you withhold digoxin, every single study in existence will tell you that the process of delivery only will kill the child 50% of the time. So 
every one of these children that you see in these research contracts that are causing, causing from these late term are most likely at least half the time that these, that digoxin is withheld and labor induction happens. These babies are coming out alive and their organs are being, uh, cut out of them within minutes of, of their labor induction. Um, there's zero accountability. There is zero, um, oversight, federal oversight. Um, and because, so there are only two laws federally that protect children in the womb. Um, main ones late term ab- abortions is the born alive infant protection act and the partial birth abortion act. What we've now realized through not only a research with UCSF, but now also with these babies that we found outside this abortion clinic is the, these federal laws that we've pushed so hard to pass p- pass means absolutely nothing because there are no means of enforcement, even when you catch them red-handed. Yep. They don't, because they don't care. I mean, a law does not exist if it's not prosecuted. Yep. And the world that we're in, they're not interested yeah. in actually going after any of this. And um, what I've realized is, um, you know, it, so last year we... Um, the beagles the you know the the fauci beagle mm-hmm. dog thing came out and i just saw america just freaking going crazy over these beagles and i'm like we've been exposing born alive late term second trimester abortions in the most horrific way possible and People don't care unless it's something that affects them or something yeah. that they care about. Yeah, well, and, and you know, people will elevate puppies yeah. over babies Absolutely. and over human life, yeah. you know, all the time. Yeah, so, um, yeah, this is what's happening all over the U.S., um, and people don't realize that abortion is so much more than this political issue. Yeah. It is ingrained into the fabric of our society yeah. from the cosmetics that you purchase to the medications that you consume to, um, so we learned that this company, this bio or bioelectrical engineering company that drove this truck that were picking up these babies. Yeah. I was going to circle back to that. Right. Yeah. Energy so company. yeah, it's an energy company. And they burn biomedical waste, which is in this in this case is late term, yeah. you know, or fetal organs, and they are converting through pr- through the process of combustion, converting the corpses of these children into electrical energy for the Baltimore area. This is science fiction, yeah. dystopian yeah. craziness yep. that, uh, you know, matrix style, you know, yeah, yeah, let's run the energy off these little kids. Soylent green. Soylent green. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, all of that. Yeah. So, you know, so here's something really crazy yeah. is that the, the week that we found these babies, we, we, uh, somebody mentioned soylent green. I'd never even heard of that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, come to find out that soylent green was, Set in the future. Do you mm-hmm. know what the, the day it was? Mm-mm. 
the year 2022. <laughs> oh man! So uh, very, very, just a lot prescient. of crazy. It, a lot. <laughs> there's actually a lot of even. Um, uh, there's a lot of coincidences. I mean, we we found that box of babies on March 25th, which is the day of the unborn, and it marks exactly nine months before um, Christmas Day. Uh, um, so, and it's it's been a very uh, just kind of a lot of serendipitous kind of really providential things that have happened. But um, yeah, man, it's, it's just been, it's been a crazy thing. Um, we've, we've suffered because of this, you know, yeah. and there's been a well, lot. I, of, I know you're, you know, under yeah. legal threat and I know you have a lot that you're dealing with on yeah. that. And, um, you know, I know you need prayer. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I, I want to ask our audience to do is for uh, sure. pr- pray for you. But also, I mean, how can they help you? Um, how can they get in contact with you, help the organization, sure. I mean, get, you know, give all those details out? Yeah. So um, you can follow me on, on social media. You can go to survivors.la um, on uh, like Instagram or my personally, AJ Hurley at um, an Instagram, or you can go to our website, www.survivors.la. This work, you know, um, doesn't, doesn't run off of, you know, um, hopes and dreams, <laughs> you know, it takes yeah. the hard work and, and, and don't donations of people to yeah. keep this going and to, to make all this work possible. So you can donate there. Um, and, uh, but just mainly, I mean, we just need prayer. Like what, what I've realized is this, this is not a political fight. This is a battle against spiritual forces and d- demonic entities who yeah. want, I mean, this, this has been going on for generations and generations, thousands of years. It's not, abortion is child sacrifice. The same, the same demons I, I'm convinced that have want the blood, the bloodthirsty child. I mean, they used to, you know, heat up the bras and arms of Molech and these pagan, pagan, uh, nations would throw their babies on. And what was the lore? The lore was if you give us your babies, your crops will grow. You'll, um, does this sound familiar? You'll have health. Yeah. You'll have youth and vitality. Right. And we're, we're injecting stem cells into the same, the same lies are being told and the same, um, yeah, it's the same old story, same old demons just a different um, name. And now it's under medical progress. Give us your babies and we'll give you a vaccine. Give us your babies and uh, you can inject the stem cells of these, of these, um, you know, these fibroblasts into your, into your body and we'll give you youth and vitality and you will make your skin look younger and um, evil. Yeah. Wow. That was heavy, man. Yeah, bro. It's been a heavy three, three months. It's just, this has been like nonstop heaviness for us for three, three months now, you know? Well, well, listen, man, thank you for, for, um, telling the story on Liberty station and spending time. And thanks guys. I thank you to God speak Calvary Chapel. God speak. You guys have been an unbelievable blessing to my wife and I, and, um, I could just cry thinking about the outpouring of love and support and the prayer of you, your people of God, just laboring in prayer over us. Um, <laughs> unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. It's been uh, oil to my head and, and just, you know, uh, um, unbelievable uh, 
blessing to us and and Rob especially too. Yeah. So and, and Seth and Amen. So my friend Jeremy Adams too. Awesome. So. Well, listen, folks. Pray for AJ. Pray for his wife. Um, pray for the uh, efforts that they're putting into these things. Um, this needs to be exposed. If you are at a church that is, uh, you know, not God speaks, um, you know, talk to that pastor about, you know, standing up in a in a better and bigger way on this. Do not ignore this subject. Um, this is the battleground. Um, you know, fight like mad mm-hmm. on this thing. This is so evil. It's so wicked, and um, these people need to be defeated. Um, again, uh, help AJ anywhere you can. And, um, you know, thank you for, uh, joining us for this episode. And I'm, uh, I'm sure we'll have AJ back at some yeah. point too. And, um, Thanks, you know, we'll bro. get updates. All right. With that, this is all for this episode of Liberty Station. Thank you and, uh, goodbye. <laughs>